Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dream Big Podcast with Bob Goff and friends. I'm Scott Schimmel, and we are here in season three of the podcast. Yeah, we are. I hope you guys have been enjoying this at least half as much as I have. I feel like we've gotten a chance to talk to so many really fun friends. That's the best part, huh? And this season, we're going, it's kind of a slight adjacent direction where in the past, we've talked, I think, pretty high level sometimes about people's lives and what they've done. But we want to kind of get behind the scenes on somebody going from ambition, dream to actually making it happen. So we're going to go step by step in this this kind of you know second episode of the season. It's a two for one special because we have both Natalie Grant and her husband, Bernie. Bob, would you kind of tell us about who they are and how you know them? Oh, Natalie and Bernie have been friends for the longest time. And We've gotten into some mischief together over the years. I'll tell you about that. Um, one of the things that I've noticed about them is not only do they have an amazing uh, set of talents, it's a deep well of talents, but they're really uh, thoughtful people. I teach a failure class at Pepperdine Law School, and Bernie came to speak after he just won like every award somebody can win <laughs> like pretty much any song you're hearing on the radio bernie's fingerprints are on it and uh, he had won that and the next morning he came to pepperdine and spoke captivating an entire classroom of students with his just honesty and authenticity and so to hear uh, natalie and uh, bernie talk about them uh, teaming up and producing awesome lyrics and amazing uh, songs to go with them. It was just really fun. Yeah, and we're all creating something. So I think what you're going to enjoy listening into this conversation is to think through the creative process. How do you do that? How do you do that well with a lot of authenticity and a lot of focus? So buckle up, listen up to the conversation between Bob Goff and Natalie and Bernie. Natalie and Bernie, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. It's I'm looking at you on Zoom and it's just good to see your face. I miss you guys. How are you? I miss you. I know it's like such a love-hate relationship with Zoom because I love seeing you, only I wish that I was seeing you in person. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna fix in gallery view. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna fix that real soon. We've gotten into some mischief yes. over the last bunch of years. We'll get into some more. But you have some big news. I mean, this is I want people to know you've got a project that you've been working tirelessly on. Tell us about it. Thank you so much, Bob. Yeah, you know, this is my first uh, music project in five years, which is it's crazy because it doesn't necessarily feel like it's been five years. Um, I've never been a quick creative. I marvel at people who can like turn music out every year, every 18 months. And I'm not that good of a songwriter. <laughs> so I usually have to have some things happen in life and I got to learn from them. And then I write a song about it. Yeah. Um, but this is the longest I've ever gone. And obviously I had lots of things happen in the last five years that kind of slowed the process down, but so grateful. And this one is even extra special. I mean, my husband, Bernie has been producing my music for a long time, but I feel like this one is actually almost a duo record because we went to London and we recorded the London symphony 
And that had always been a dream of Bernie's to do with me. Oh. And so to get to do that together and Bernie wrote all of the orchestration. So it feels like a very, the most collaborative project we've ever done together, which makes oh. it extra special. Bernie, I can just see you glowing over there. That must have been such a trip to see all the violins doing their thing in the tubas. Do you, like, tell me, what did that feel like? Well, it felt incredible, and I and I go there to work with them a lot. But of uh, this experience that I bring so many of my clients, I've never had that experience bringing that for Natalie, oh. and then seeing her just kind of connect with it and light up, and uh, it was pretty cool. We uh, we brought our worship to that place, and, and it <laughs> transformed that 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 professional studio, which is doing film scores every single day of the week, um, into an amazing place. Uh, it was it was amazing. Yeah, it was so special too because the the actual studio is called Air Lindhurst, and it actually it was bought by oh you know it, he produced the Beatles George um, Martin. yeah George Martin hello I was like Sir George Martin, <laughs> um, but he it was a church before that, and what's really interesting is you can actually almost sense the sacred space if that makes sense like the actual symphony is sitting in what used to be the sanctuary. And you're looking around at all these old stained glass windows. And then we had this gospel choir come in in the evening and they sang up in the balcony. And it just, it was literally almost, it was like otherworldly. <laughs> it oh, really was. <laughs> I'm so glad for people that are just on the edge of their seats about this album and to see what it is that you've created uh, for, I'm not a, a, a a detailed music guy. Like, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I know there's uh, listening to the lyrics and there's a different thing, which is feeling the music. And so when I've been in a room and you two have been performing, I could actually feel the music, not only because I like you, but because there's a lot of bass and treble and middle. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm still jiggling. <laughs> but but what do you want people to really feel that you want them to hear your words what do you want them to feel like when i'd write a book i would think when they turn the last page i want them to feel welcomed and accepted whether faith is a big deal for them or nothing at all i just want them to feel welcome and accepted and that there's just a gigantic table and there's a feast for you and you get the twizzlers if you want or the broccoli if you want but <laughs> Whatever, just have what you yeah. want. What do you want people to feel? You know, I think um, for me, it's about that sense that we are not alone. And it's funny because we actually recorded this music before 2020 was 2020. <laughs> and um, But to know that what I kind of was sensing and hoping in a season of my life where I, you know, was diagnosed with thyroid cancer and I knew they were going to get the cancer out, but where the tumor was, was resting against my, my vocal nerves. So I thought I may never sing again. And that kind of season of, wait a second, this is absolutely the opposite of all of the plans <laughs> and all of the dreams and all of the things and all of the promise and all of the things I thought and how I experienced um, that when it says that he is with us, right? Like we are not alone. Like there's a way and music to me is one of the most beautiful ways that we connect with something that's sacred, but also ways that we connect with each other. I mean, it's not just faith music. Adele makes me cry over heartbreak. I've never even had before. So yeah. that's like the power 
of a song. And I remember specifically going to Bernie and saying, hey, I know what I really want this to feel like from a lyric perspective. I want people to be able to hear the words, you're not alone, to hear the words that you're seen and you're valued and you're loved. But if you could try to put that feeling into a sound, what would sonically that sound like? Which is why we did end up going to London. He said, listen, I think one of the most moving ways to feel what you're trying to describe, or you could feel it without words, is to surround it in that lush or sound of an orchestra. And so really we, we were very intentional, not just with the lyrics, but also with the sonic sound of the record. And, you know, to know then, okay, there was all these things that happened. It was supposed to come out a while ago and then it got moved and then it got moved again. And now I can kind of see, you know what? It's because there's so many people that have been in a season of alone, <laughs> a night season, if you will, right? Even just two days ago, was it yesterday or, two, or I don't know when the first day of fall was, but here in Nashville where we live, the season immediately changed. And that doesn't usually happen in Nashville. Like it's usually kind of hot for a while, but I walked out at seven o'clock in the morning to take my kids to school on the first day of fall. And it, there was like a 20 degree drop. It was just this breath of fresh air where it went, that's right. The seasons do change. Seasons yeah. change. And I think that that's really what I hope and pray people will sense from this music. You're not alone. And you may be in a night season, but I promise the morning is coming. I don't know when, and I can't tell you that, but seasons always change. That's really well said. I'm thinking for uh, nine months now, we've been told how invisible things will hurt us. And think of the invisibility of music and that it's actually going to heal us. And, uh, and Bernie, what did that feel like to say you're going to write things that are invisible, but that have the power to move people? What did that feel like for you? Well, for me, you know, um, a lot of times, uh, of course, you're always trying to be creative. You're always trying to like create and forge new ground and new sounds. Uh, but there's a lot of um, structure expectation. Sometimes a client will come to me and their number one goal is I just have to have this pop on radio, you know, and, and a lot of times there's these set ways we think about the music we're making and we fit them into slots on a record. Yeah. Well, my wife came to me and said, I want to throw all of those expectations out the window. I, I don't want what we no did. Rules. No <laughs> rules. I, I don't want what we did. We're going somewhere new. And what would that sound like for you if, if you had no... So suddenly there's songs on the record. It's not just like, you know, your cute little three-minute song for the radio. All of a sudden, there are a six-minute and 45 experience where you don't have to leave that moment. You're actually feeling, you know, uh, 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 the, 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 the presence of God. You're feeling the ability to, to really exhale and you don't have to leave that moment right away after this little ditty is over. And so there's a lot of moments and it's not all like that, but there's a lot of moments where Natalie literally said to me, no rules. And so I just wanted to, to basically capture that thing that was inside of her mind, um, in a sound. Well, and for me, you know, it's like, um, 
I actually was stuck in a creative, um, like a block. Um, that's one of the reasons it took so long. It was about 18 months. I kept trying to write and I couldn't. And I, I was frozen and I don't really know exactly why <laughs> I was frozen. Some of it was because, you know, when you're told that your voice is never going to work again and then you're actually like, wait, my voice doesn't, not only does it work, it's actually stronger now than it was before. I feel like the doctor went in there and oh, gave me a tune up or something like town. it's stronger on this side of it. Oh, but wow. first of all, that was a bit of whiplash. And I don't mean that to sound funny, but you know, it takes you a second to just, you, you've kind of almost re resigned yourself to one thing and you're like, wait a second, this thing still works and it actually is stronger. But then, you know, very well-meaning people, so they meant it with love and encouragement, but it was like, you're about to write the songs of your life. <laughs> you're gonna write the greatest songs you've ever written because now your voice is stronger. And I, I would go to Bernie and say, what did the songs of my life even sound like? <laughs> Yeah. I don't like what if they're just kind of good you know what if they're just nice songs like and I felt so um, paralyzed by pressure that it took me a long time to get beyond this creative block and I even kind of felt that even in the season that we're all in right now you know um it, it's been this constant learning process for me because I'm a make lemonade out of lemons kind of person. That's my personality is like, we're just going to take whatever this junk is and it's going to be awesome by tomorrow. We're going to make something great out of this. And I was even doing that with my kids. I've got three daughters, as you know. Yes. And I noticed that it was suffocating them. <laughs> like, uh -oh, and I, yeah. I mean, it took me a second, but I noticed this is actually suffocating them because you know what? They're going to get there. But right now, they just right now they just need to grieve this moment yeah, right now they're they're kind of sad and i it, think that taking the pressure off and giving yourself the freedom to just like okay no expectation just be for a second and that actually kind of opened that whole block up for me yeah it would be the difference between um building consensus writing songs that everybody would agree with versus inviting them to a kingdom that you're saying like, I'm actually not trying, I'm not gonna be the average of the five people I'm most insecure about, that I'm just gonna actually go be me and get it out there and sing my song. And then uh, let that uh, become like a statement. And it wraps in people knowing a little of your backstory. I mean, you say, I, you know, I had a cancer diagnosis and then they removed it. And then we're off to talking about Pop-Tarts or something. I'm like, could we just like hover over that? Like, that's a really big deal. Dang, like, girl. <laughs> yeah, there was a, it, it was a big deal. <laughs> yes, I'm trying not to cuss, but like, dang. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bernie, what did that feel like to you? You sat in the doctor's office or wherever you got the news that uh, this person that you have spent your life with, uh, there's an uncertainty. There's just a big question mark. How did you deal with that? You know, um, I think that, that uh, you can always imagine what it'll feel like, but you can't know. And then suddenly you're standing on the edge of the cliff and, and you feel the ground move underneath your feet. And you go, this is as real as this suddenly has ever been. And I would 
think I would give anything to trade places. And so one of the things that, that um, you know, uh, we, we talk about faith, we all talk about all these things, but the truth is that there's a lot of our life that where the control is an illusion, right? Yeah. And the idea that we, you know, make good choices and control our destiny. Well, like there's, you know, there's a, there's, there's some, there's some like benefit to good choices, but the idea of being out of control and suddenly the, 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 my, my wife's uh, health, her life, her, her career, her craft, all hanging in the balance. I went into this sort of this, I need to be super husband mode right now. <laughs> I need to get on uh, right now. I need to like move mountains. I need to contact every um, oncologist that's a specialist in this area. And I need to talk with the department heads of um, um, Anderson and, 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 there, and I need to go to like Mayo Clinic and I need to go to all these. Bob, you know Bernie is that mild mannered, so sweet. Oh, he so just got much. in gear. Oh, he He's like, you're mine. Off. You want a piece of this? This is my wife. He was like, he went off. So, so the, the, the truth is that one of the challenges that faced me and that um, I had to grow into is the knowledge that, that wherever we are and wherever we think we're heading, wherever we think we're heading, mm. God's already there. Yeah, bingo. He's, he's already where we think we're going. Mm. And he already knows the outcome. And it's more we're changing in that process. We want to know the outcome. Like we want to know, like, how do I plan for the future and how do I reassure and how do I, and, and, and God's saying, take my hand, you won't have all the answers, but you'll have me and it'll be enough. And so, that, so to be honest with you, uh, this was a challenge to my faith in a way like never before I had to come to grips with. I really don't control my destiny. And, the, you know, <laughs> this faith thing we talk about is actually sometimes it gets tested and it's rough. Yeah. And, um, you know, you know uh, I think for me too, I had like a real kind of identity crisis, if you will, because, you know, it's one thing, it's so, it's so funny how, at least for me, I can sometimes, I don't mean to, but I can say things that just almost are just like, it's the right thing to say. And so you say it and you don't actually ever stop to think, do I actually even believe what I'm saying? Like, do I, do I actually buy what I'm trying to sell right now? And yeah. one of those was always, well, I'm, singing is not who I am. It's just what I do. And then I was faced with not doing that thing that I said, it's not who I am. And I was like, I'm who just kidding. I? It's totally who I am. <laughs> it's totally I who take I it am. Back. I think all the time about that idea. And if you're listening to this, find a wide spot in the road to think over, pull over and say, if you take away what you're known for, like what's left and that's who you are. So if I'm a writer and then I can't write for some reason, I can't, well, I could never spell in the first place, but if you, like, you can't do what you do, take away all the balloons and who am I? Um, take away the songs and who are you? One of the things that's kind of neat for people listening to this album, they're just going to love that they know the story, the thing behind the thing. So if I'm listening to the music and I hear somebody just thrashing the kettle drums, I'm like, this is Bernie, checked off. He is having then, a moment. Yes. And then when you hit this high note, because I've been in the room, you've shattered my glasses. Like when you hit that high note, I'm going to go, wow, that's the vocal cord. You're like that movie, The yeah. Rookie. 
you know, they break your arm and then you can just only <laughs> throw fastballs. So I just love that people get uh, to have a peek and it, it really raises the question, like how do we deal with ambiguity? Like I deal with ambiguity really well. Like we travel everywhere together. I buy a middle seat for ambiguity every time I'm on a plane because I'm like, it just goes with me everywhere. <laughs> Where's like peas and carrots. Uh, but how, did, how about you guys? When you were faced with a ton of ambiguity, could you get real? Could you overcome the, you know, lemons into lemonade and just shout into your pillow or whisper <laughs> with your tumor to say, I'm like, can you get real with that? Or did you have some moments that you said like, I am just really, really scared or frustrated or help us understand? You know, I think for me, um, it, it actually, again, I think it's one of those things where you always look in the moment. Um, I, I was terrified, actually. Um, I, was, I was terrified. I wasn't, I knew that it was going to be like, okay, my father had thyroid cancer. I, I watched them take this out. I, I, I watched him be okay. Well, it kind of went into the lymph nodes. Well, is it, if you have your, once you hear even that word cancer, it's yeah. this instant, it just keeps, you know, then your mind gets the best of you. And I think that never before in my life have I actually had to learn a discipline of, of kind of like allowing my thoughts either to control or to try to control my thoughts. And that is a lot easier said than done, especially because yes. I'm such a feeler anyway, that my feelings get the best of me on the regular, but then you throw cancer into the mix or uncertainty or fear, or, I mean, I'm, I, you know, again, I'm a positive lemonade person, but I struggle with anxiety on the regular. And so for me, this is one of the great gifts that came out of that season was actually learning at the end of it a better discipline on how to take, like what helps me, you know, whether it's a certain kind of, of music I'm listening to, whether it's processing, I'm a verbal processor. So it helps me to process it out loud, which is why, you know, on my Instagram, I'm pretty much going to tell you all the crap because that's just who I am. And it's, it, I, sometimes it's for your benefit and I hope it helps you. But if I'm being honest, sometimes it's selfish because it's actually for my benefit because I'm a verbal processor and it helps me to just process it out loud and to be vulnerable in that way. And, but I was afraid I had a crisis of faith, which I haven't really had often in my life. I was angry. I was angry at the thought that I, you know, make this music that I hope is going to help people and, and give them hope. And then all of a sudden it would be taken away. You know, I mean, and again, you realize that it's okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, you're not going to get struck by lightning when you get angry at God. <laughs> he yeah, can totally like an, handle it. He can take it. And it really, <laughs> yeah. it, it's this idea you need to see it so you can understand it, so you can bring it to God. Because if you just bring him a, a, a basket full of emotion, then I think he can understand all those things, but we don't understand all those things. So to slow it down and to say what I'm feeling right now is impatience or what I'm feeling right now is isolation, what I have this deep laden fear of is rejection. Isn't that crazy? Like, again, it's the happy guy that everybody thinks like, we'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. There is a button that got installed the size of a, a like a, 
uh, Frisbee that is rejection button. Isn't that crazy? And I just go like, now it doesn't paralyze me, but it's I'm aware of it so that I can understand it. Where did that come from so that you can deal with it? So if you're listening to this podcast and you have one of those things, your fear ambiguity, just remember God has invited us on an adventure, uh, not a business trip. And so his big desire is that we would grow, not just that we would succeed, but that we would grow. And it's going to be really uncomfortable and really unsettling to get there. But I guess it's, I just don't want to collapse everything from a really scary prognosis to a really awesome album without like teasing out. So when I'm listening to this and I listen, I'm going to be listening for Bernie eating Pop-Tarts in the back, but (laughs) I'm telling you, I hope you have that track in there. Very But then also that I'll be listening for a lot of hope and a lot of emotion expressed not only in music, but in lyrics. But I just wanted to thank you guys for living out a faith that's real and authentic. You've been such good friends to Team Goff for so many years. We just love you guys. And it isn't, it doesn't have a lick to do with the things, all your incredible capabilities. I just like who you are. So, <laughs> that feeling you. is so mutual. That's very, very, very mutual. <laughs> well, God bless so you guys. Mutual. Every success on this. And uh, we're just with you and behind you. You know, I've never even done this on a uh, podcast, but I am just going to look you in the eye. I'm not close my eyes because I want to see you in Jesus. Thank you so much for these two dear friends. Continue to heal, continue to lead, continue to guide. Bless the socks off their families. We love you in your strong name. Amen. Okay, Bob, the part that stuck out to me from this conversation, I I think of myself, I think of my friends, we're all creating something, whether it's an album like them, a a book, a a nonprofit, a product, we're all creating something. And I loved how you pulled out of them where you try to think about the end in mind first. And I I guess I just want to ask you, how do you, so you do that in the beginning, how do you keep track of the end in mind as you go? Because the process is long and it's easy to get distracted along the way. Yeah, I just need to remember why you started. And so as you've been listening to this podcast and you hear both Natalie and Bernie talk about what they bring to this, I want you to think about what do you bring to this? What are the experiences that you bring to your ambition? Mm. And, and what was the original idea? And what I want you to do is write that down on a three by five card, uh, why you're doing this. And then when you feel like you lose your way, it'll remind you, this is why I'm doing that. If there's a setback along the way, this Mm -hmm. is why I'm doing that. As God's high value isn't that we will achieve all these successes, but again, Mm. that we'll grow in uh, greater knowledge of him and greater knowledge of ourselves. And those yeah. three by five cards, boy, don't discount those. Sweet Maria has them huh. up everywhere. And really? it's just reminders about who she is, why she's doing mm. what she's doing. It's a beautiful thing. Well, here we are, season three of this podcast, of this little adventure we have. What what are you hoping people get out of this when you think about the end in mind, the end being the listener and what they're experiencing as we go through this? Yeah, what I want to do in season three is talk about the space between the stars. 
So if you're really good mm. on a starry night and if there's an, <laughs> the smoke has cleared from California, that you can pick out maybe the big dipper. Maybe on a good day, you could get the mm -hmm. little dipper. And if you're lucky enough that the star that's got a little bit of red in it, you must figure that's Mars. Um, but what I want to do is I want to talk about the space between the stars. In other words, mm. what's the place that you haven't explored yet? Because you already know what you know. You know what you're yeah. good at. You know what you yeah. stink at. Let's talk about the places in between those. Hmm. And there's where some of our unexplored ambitions are. Yes. And by somehow bringing together a group of friends, what you and I, Scott, are trusting is that yep. uh, as you're listening to this, that something will ping you and you'll say, that's the space between the stars. And then you'll find yep. the courage to say, I, I wanna pursue this mm -hmm. in me and here's why, because mm -hmm. I've got this end in mind. And uh, yeah. so I hope throughout season three, you'll get more clarity if you're listening to mm -hmm. what your ambition is, something that you've uh, kind of forgotten for a while that you'll dust that thing off yeah. and you'll start swinging for the fences. Ian. I'll tell you this, heaven is leaning over the rails. Just yep. can't wait to see you just yep. make your next courageous move. Yeah, and my hope is uh, for every time you listen into an episode, there's some moment that just makes you pick up your pen and write something down because it pinged you. It reminded you of something, it taught you something or inspired you to do something more because I think that's what I get from you, Bob. And that's what I get to do as I listen into these conversations. It's always a mirror back to me of what am I gonna do next and why am I gonna do it? So I'm glad you guys are part of this journey. Welcome to season three. If you're new to the podcast and new to the Bob Goffland, welcome. We're glad you're with us and uh, get ready. We're gonna have some fun. Come on. It's easy to say that we are living in unprecedented times, but it's not easy during a pandemic, during experience of racial injustice, during an election season, that's just crazy. It's not easy to keep sight on our dreams. In fact, when we're feeling stressed, we're feeling anxious, we're feeling fearful, we're feeling overwhelmed, we often lose sight of what those dreams are. So we put together in honor of the podcast in season three, we put together a giveaway for you, a short little handbook that can guide you as you reflect through this pandemic, through racial injustice, through election season, through global recession, to how to keep sight on your dreams. So go to the show notes, click the link, download it, grab a pen and a paper and a friend, and just reflect on what your dreams are and how to get clarity on them again.